All right, Matthew. Welcome to a very special episode seven of the Performance Advantage podcast. Lucky Myself, Doctor Will O'Connor. Yourself, Doctor Matt Miller, aka MTB PhD, and Karen McPherson underscore triathlete. Who's not a doctor? <laughs> no. Who's not a doctor? No. That's okay. He's allowed on, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we let him on. Uh, yeah. Fresh off. Um, two second places on the first two races in South America of the Pan American Series and literally just off the plane from Chile. Yeah, Kieran said, oh, I didn't have time to do my hair, but I was like, well, it looks pretty good to me. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Did, did share before this. Okay. Yeah, oh, thankfully. Not all of us do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially when you get in from a ride, eh? Yeah, sometimes you just don't have time. We start this at 9 a.m., so, you know, by the time I get back and eat breakfast, it's just, you know, time for the podcast. So, yeah, priorities. Shammy times, training times. Yeah, that's right. Well, I take that off, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Righto. Uh, Matt, well, how was your weekend? Obviously, you've heard about my weekends, and, yeah. um, and I'll fill everyone in on that after you give us your update. Well, yeah, um, so my weekend, yeah, it was pretty good. I just did some, uh, I went to uh, Mountain Bike uh, North Island Schools Championships, which was pretty cool. It was my first time at a, like, school race. It was pretty cool to um, go there and support To win? Did you win? I wasn't allowed to race, uh. but, um, <laughs> you yeah, know, I watched, so. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, it was pretty cool because there was a lot of, a lot of kids there. And um, they came from all over the North Island to race. And, um, yeah, it was cool. Just, you know, doing cross-country mountain biking. And uh, they had an Enduro the next day. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sweet. Yeah. How um, about you? I heard, um, I mean, you know, one of the nice things is um, we don't fill each other in on stuff kind of before we do the podcast. <laughs> but I, so what I do know is that you were in the hospital. Yes. And, you know, I just left probably some dumb comment on your Facebook posts or something yeah. like that. Didn't ask any questions. <laughs> so I actually don't know anything about it. Yeah. But, um, are yeah. you okay? Yeah. So uh, Matt is uh, part of the Performance Advantage members group uh, for the recently launched uh, Performance Advantage uh, online training platform. Um, and in there, yeah, I posted up, told everyone that, yes, I got admitted to hospital on Saturday after a 30k run uh in which i ended up having uh a gastro bug dehydration and heat illness okay. <laughs> um so okay. sort of like the the trio and well because i know when we did the last podcast last week so that would have been last wednesday a couple yeah. days before actually we had to postpone it because he didn't feel good yeah yeah <laughs> uh is that like kind of a related thing i think so so anyway i had um yeah, so I, I got I felt sick after last Wednesday's session, which I killed, smashed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah, we had to postpone the podcast. And I thought that was just like a once-off thing. And then I felt fine for a couple of days. Obviously, kept training, you know, just light. Uh, we talked about that um, because I felt all right. And uh, and then Saturday I had, uh, keyed up a session with um, these two these twins, the McDonald twins from Tauranga. Um, you know them, Kieran. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we're going on this this Mount Misery loop, which is like this 33k like 
it's a good marathon tester loop. We we're building throughout. And I was like, yeah, G'd up for it. Drove up to Tauranga. And my, my breakfast like wasn't sitting right. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'm fine. Like that happens. No big deal. And then we get off into it. And the pace is on from the start. And I was like, geez, you know, <laughs> maybe I'm just, I'll warm into it. Um, and then I got worse and worse. And then I started getting dropped around 10K. And uh, so, yeah, just sort of, you know, had to lighten the load. As, as you do um on a on a run um yeah i know that yeah yeah and uh and yeah so got to the top so there's this climb pretty much climbs for 14ks and then you sort of have like this undulating like down for the remainder of like the next sort of 19ks um so i thought oh once i got up there and they waited for me and i was like let's you know let's get into it and i got dropped straight away again and uh then it was very apparent that i was not in a good state um but it was a loop and i was fully committed and like so one of my big and i've talked about this I, my big goal for this year is to push like my limits like what what i think is possible i don't want to i want to like see if there's like a level beyond that and um and i thought this is a great time to do it because i felt so so bad um like I, I i pretty much couldn't drink anything um like my gels weren't staying down like um so i was like yeah i'm gonna and it started raining and i was like this is i'm hardcore this <laughs> this is this is me um and and so like mentally i just kept i, I kept running and i was like this is you know this is going to do me for well mentally what a great and, session <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what you're thinking all along this is such a great session this, i no, feel I was, horrendous i want to be in bed and i was like but you know i'm i'm like forget about my limits when i normally stop i'm going for it and um so so yeah i just i keep going and then luckily i like i managed to escape like the last three k's because one of the boys came back and picked me up and uh and i just like from then on i can't, i still couldn't drink anything i couldn't eat anything mm. and obviously i'd run 30 k's um and i just i ended up just going right downhill really fast to the point um it got really scary actually like i couldn't i couldn't walk i couldn't barely like communicate yeah. so um so Emma, um, my wife, took me to the hospital and got straight in. They put me on a drip. They gave me some anti-nausea pills, and here I am. No problems. Yeah. That's scary when that happens, um, especially after a big session. Yeah, um, it was super scary. And, like, what, what my wife uh, wants, <laughs> she was like, this isn't a good thing. You know, just because you're able to push your limits, you shouldn't be letting people know, uh, you know, you shouldn't be in endorsing that. And I'm not. It was stupid. Um, yeah, because what I want to, you know, what, what the real lesson from it is: there's times to push and there's times to not. Yeah. Um. And and Karen knows this uh, as as much as anyone. Yeah. Well, I remember a few sessions. So you've been out there after like a six-hour ride, and then you've still got to run off the bike. And I was like, this is the part of the session where you're supposed to be hurting, and you want to be at home in bed, but you just have to do it. You just have to get it like. And so you're walking, and then you just think back to Will, obviously getting into hospital. You're like, so I could have been in that state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Could, could have gastro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you um, don't want to get that, do you? <laughs> I remember one of my friends after we did a 24-hour race. So this was a while ago, back when those races were cool, and he had just won. <laughs> and um, we were sitting there at they, the just like they weren't. Hey, <laughs> they weren't cool. They no. were very cool. They were very okay, yeah, cool for right. a while. And yeah. um, he. Uh, so you he and your mum went to this there... race. Sorry. 
<laughs> Nothing. It was standing there, and um, he just, like, was talking to someone, and he was, like, holding onto this rope that was holding a tent up, and he just started wobbling back and forth. And we're like, oh, my God, I think this guy's about to, like, croak or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that we had to just, like, get him to a medic, and they gave him an IV. But, like, uh, it seems like, yeah, it really pushed beyond, but, like, there is a certain time where you need to, um, you know, like, stop you know, and, like, say this is the limit and maybe pushing beyond isn't really going to help you. Yeah, and that's what I, like, in the, um, in our members group, I was talking about this, like, in terms of why, like, it was a why are you training? Um, and because the end result is always, and I go over it with this guy a lot, it's, like, is to race well, you know, like, um, so Kieran had a bit of sickness and stuff going on before he went over to um, uh, South America and I was like, you know, trying to fit training in now is it's not going to help you race well because that's the end goal. And, like, for me, although, like, I had this goal of, like, pushing my boundaries and everything, and I, like, sure, I was able to tick that, but now I haven't been able to train for the last, like, four days. So um, it was it was not the appropriate time to, to push my limits. And, there, you know, there is and there isn't. And sometimes, like, it's a bad message to send when, like, if you're injured, you can still run or ride or or swim or kayak or whatever you know like you can still get out the door and that's not like the same mental challenges as being at your absolute limit at kilometer four in a 5k race or you know 18 minutes and 20 minute tt yeah yeah there's times when it's good to push it but um that's not when you're hurt or sick or (laughs) you know haven't slept for days or you know just got off a long flight like uh, Kieran has, so, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go out for a four-hour ride, and then we're off to the airport soon, so. Yeah, we're okay, getting to so ride to the airport. Plane, ride, plane. Plane, plane again. It's a triathlete. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. Two flights, one ride. That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, three continents. Yeah, okay. That'd be a good okay. doco. That brings new meaning to, to triathlete, yeah. <laughs> okay, well... I'm glad you're okay, Will. Um, but um, lesson learned, obviously. Um, or, yeah. But probably not, because actually this is what athletes do all the time, is make silly um, do mistakes like that. Yeah, but it is um, like, it did It did show me, like, I have this huge, like, you know, in terms of pushing myself mentally, I can. You know, so, so taking that aspect away from it. Um, yeah, but otherwise, oh, man, it was... It was scary. It was one of the worst. It was top top three worst runs, and uh, probably the yeah. I'm not sure if it was the worst I've ever felt, um, but it was it was pretty close. Yeah, uh, we'll talk. And about the doctors one and two at the hospital—they're just like casually asking you stuff, and then they disappear. Like, oh yeah, I'll go get your drip half an hour later. Well, I'm still dehydrated. They come back. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, here you go. Like, thank you. I guess you get what you pay for, don't you? <laughs> yeah, in New Zealand, healthcare is completely yeah. free. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was better, cool. better trial and error on Will's part rather than making his athletes do that as well, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like uh, you won't be pushing Kieran through sickness, will you? <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. It's always like a like a, a do as I say, not as I do type yeah, of um, yeah. coach-athlete rel- relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, actually, let's talk about the coach-athlete relationship between you guys. Like, um, oh, no. 
you know, it, when we were talking about setting this up, I was like, well, is Kieran going to have his own camera, or are you guys going to be sitting next to each other? And yeah, so far, I... you've done a pretty good job of not looking at each other while you're talking. <laughs> um, well, we can see each other yeah. on That's the screen yeah. as true. we can see you, so. Pretty handy. Yeah. I feel but, like um, I'm missing out, though, not having my own computer screen. Yeah, I mean, we could have arranged that, but, you know, it's steal the Wi-Fi. Um, why don't you guys just tell us a little bit about um, tell us how you met Start. let's just kind of start there like, uh, uh, how do we meet <laughs> you know because that's kind of that. Like, you don't just like fall into like, um, like, like you gotta start the, the coaching and the athlete relationship somewhere it's an important part of it so like how did, how did that all kind of start do you not believe in love at first sight then, obviously? <laughs> I mean, I do, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we were we were both in Palmerston North at university. And um, I remember I'd heard about this this dude. I was training um, and uh, I'd heard about this dude as a pretty good runner who like sucked at swimming, like worse <laughs> than what I did. Um, Never it was like, before. Like, like a really good runner. Like he, he ran, a, I mean, he was about 18. He ran like a 112 half marathon. And I was like, geez, um, lucky he can't swim. <laughs> or really. And then he turns up. And then he turns up on like this $10,000 like time trial bike with big like deep dish rims and stuff on it. And I was like, oh yeah, one of these guys. <laughs> All the gear and no idea. Yeah. And, um, and then so yeah, we started training together. And then we went away to Worlds. Uh, age group world champs um kieran like had just qualified um because he he was like last out of the water i know you can probably tell the story yeah i was, I was last out of the water but I, I rode up and then rode and ran up my way to second so i was obviously good enough to qualify for worlds so. yeah and so then me him and the the big dog hamish hammond um who's uh retired to be um uh, a once a day, <laughs> a once a day, um, <laughs> casual milker, uh, <laughs> on his dad's farm. Um, had, yeah, so we, we all went away together and had a great time. Kieran, that was his first world age group world champs in China and third, second, third, Sec- second. Oh, third, no third. third. Oh, okay. So he was third, um, in the, in his age group. Yeah, under 19s, I think. Yeah. And um, so then we, we trained together a bit more. And then after that, um, we all decided to go, uh, me, Hamish, and Kieran went to be professional triathletes together and live in the Gold Coast. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, these guys, more professional athletes. I was like a professional age grouper, just living the, living the life with my two older brothers, pretty much. So <laughs> yeah. they, I guess they matured me up a little bit. So it was pretty, pretty fun. Um, and... It was yeah. It wasn't very professional, in at all really. <laughs> I, was, I was actually just telling someone at the airport this morning how um everyone says oh yeah it's a you live as a professional athlete they think you're rolling in a hundred thousand dollars a year sort of sort of cash and I was telling him how we we actually watched a documentary on um on supermarkets and how they throw out all this this good food that's not past its use by date so um. Yeah, well, Hamish and I went on the scooter. So no, th- Hamish didn't go. Oh, 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 yeah, no, he didn't go. He had to look after his girlfriend. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Will and I went and dived through this dumpster, uh, so filled our backpacks up with bread and all this kind of stuff out of the dumpster from the supermarket and took off down the road, and I guess we lived off that for, yeah, 
it was a few weeks. It was pretty funny until um, the security security guards caught yeah. us and they they started yeah. locking the bins up and stuff. Eh? So that's a classic struggling athlete kind of thing, you know, yeah. just uh, trying to scrape by. But that's part of the fun, though, isn't it? Kieran yeah. was getting paid under the table, like ten dollars an hour to work in this like Indian in- restaurant. <laughs> Indian. And you'd come back and you had all these naan burns <laughs> on his oh, arm. And you'd be like, that's how you know you're making good naan. Yeah. They're, they're like you're not a good naan chef unless you've got burn. So, yeah. so there you go. There you have it. So when was this that you guys were in the Gold Coast? Oh is that two thousand thirteen? Two thousand and twelve. Was it? Yeah, it's twelve. So seven years ago. So I guess a lot has kind of changed. You're not dumpster diving anymore. You're not cooking non bread. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, too many carbs. I guess that was a that was a, probably the start of our coaching relationship. Um, Will help helped me sort of to my first uh, world champ victory as a as an age grouper. But um, he was obviously busy trying to be a professional athlete himself, trying to work um, in the university over there. And then trying to coach as well, and I think it just became all a little bit too much for him. Um, so we kind of had a co- coach-athlete relationship then, but I guess it was more just a friendship and a- advice, I guess. So um, I always said to them back in 2012 that um, I'd eventually probably come back to him as a coach because we seemed to gel pretty well together. Um, and it wasn't until was it two two years ago now? Yeah, almost three now. Yeah. When did I start? performing well <laughs> uh. <laughs> this is third season so yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool so you guys have been working together kind of more formally for about three years then um it'd probably be about two and a half i think yeah okay. so we'd round yeah. up and say three no um <laughs> yeah yeah cool so um so kieran like we haven't really talked about you um really so but like to before we like dive into it why don't you just tell us a bit about like yourself what you do and um you know especially in the last couple years since you've been working with will Um, because i know that you started in um like was it sprint triathlon something and now you're doing something different yeah so it was just regular triathlon um oh yeah three years ago i guess um and i attempted to make the under 23 elite team for um triathlon new zealand and that didn't work out after a crash in my selection race so my coach at the time decided um i guess to keep me motivated through the winter to um have a go at xterra which is off-road triathlon with um instead of the traditional swim road bike and run um it's a still a swim uh but it's mountain cross-country mountain biking and uh trail running which was i guess more my passion anyway i'd never ridden a mountain bike before but um trail running was i guess my passion and i did a lot of trail running um when i was yeah doing regular triathlon anyway so okay so like you must have transitioned pretty quickly um and you know moved up the ranks pretty quickly because you have some good results do you want to tell us about those um yeah well i i guess because uh with itu um the prior format that i was racing um the swim was a priority because you had to have a good swim to be in a good cycle pack to be able to run well so with xterra um being a weaker swimmer um it helped because in mountain biking drafting was not as big a priority and also i could use my strong trail running abilities to 
to catch up as well. So, um, yeah, I guess from transitioning into becoming a mountain biker versus a, a road biker, my results have steadily improved over the last um, three years that I've been competing in Xterra. Cool. So, like, you're going to have to, like, rattle these off for us. Like, I know you're probably bad at talking about yourself. Just tell us a bit about some of your highlights of the last couple of years. Um, well, my first victory in Xterra Thailand was probably, well, probably one of the biggest. Do you know that was, because I, I keep a daily diary, and it, like, anyway, two years ago today. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was awesome. two years ago yesterday or two years ago today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. So... That was probably my bigger victory on the circuit. Um, then my first on the Pan American circuit was Xterra Argentina, which I just got back from. Um, that was last year, though. Uh, then Xterra Brazil was probably... Um, I was probably... That, that was probably my biggest victory. Um, I come back from... That's the one where I put the photo up. Yeah. <laughs> that oh, one. Yeah. Where he's like... Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, so that was pretty good. And then a few weeks later, I won against my um, rival athlete, Josiah Medell, who's just the, I guess the... You would have heard of him. The god, the godfather of um, Xterra. So to beat, oh, I think I was two and a half minutes down on the run and ran through him and um, yeah, that was pretty pretty cool victory. And that led on to winning the Pan American Tour last year. So that's a pretty big deal, like winning the Pan American Tour. Um, yeah, like I was pretty, that was, that was my goal for the season. Um, we, yeah, we walked towards it. Um, we obviously had to have a pretty big base building phase to race from March all the way through to the end of, end of September. So, um, it's a pretty, pretty long season to stay at peak, peak fitness to obviously have, hold results all the way through as well. That is a long season, March to September. How... Mm. Um, so that's like a northern hemisphere season, is it? Yeah, well, I started racing southern hemisphere races so um, throughout Asia and South America and then moved on through to finish my season in North America. So I think I raced like four different continents in 12 different countries or something like that. Okay, so you, you travel quite a bit. So this 14-hour flight you just got off of isn't yeah. really phasing you too much. Uh, no, it's not too bad, eh? So it's the next one. He's it, got, in yeah. like, another eight hours back, yeah. back to the, um, over to the, to the US. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, that's part of it, though, isn't it? Like, traveling, racing, traveling again, racing some more. Yeah, yeah, well, I don't, don't mind the, the traveling as much. It's more the, I guess, the time zone shift that's probably the biggest issue. Like, there was an eight-hour time time shift um, from here to South America so that was probably the the biggest hurdle we had to deal with and obviously with illness coming in as well so yeah yeah you don't want to catch what Will has do you <laughs> and also just on those achievements uh last year Kieran also became a dad and got married so <laughs> okay there's, uh there's a pretty yeah there's a there's a lot of factors in there that we're having to having to juggle um as well as having his best ever uh, breakthroughs I'd call it a breakthrough season hmm. um, especially um, uh, besting Josiah and then taking the overall yeah yeah I mean it's definitely a big deal to take an overall title yeah um, that's pretty cool uh, especially when it's won across so many different countries in you know a popular sport um, yeah that, that's definitely a big deal 
You know, Kiwis have this thing where they don't really like to talk about themselves or their results. Yeah, can you imagine if we had, like, someone from America <laughs> who had won the Pan American Champs and, like, <laughs> all, he pretty much podiumed every single race? We'd still be here listening to their list of achievements. Yeah, probably not, but we could at least talk to the first American. So <laughs> yeah, we'll do yeah. that next time. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get Josiah on. There we go. Um, so, uh... We're, so you weren't a mountain biker before, but you transitioned in, and now you're racing in Xterra's where you're doing a lot of mountain biking. Yeah, well, it was it was interesting. So I'll um, yeah, I borrowed a borrowed a bike for my first couple of races, and just kind of yeah, it was in a, in Red Rua, so obviously some pretty good mountain biking trails. So um, it was pretty much just a single swim. Um, and I guess I kind of just just learned. It was it was pretty good learning in um, obviously New Zealand with some of the better trails in the world. And um, I my first before my first proper season racing Xterra, I trained through winter in New Zealand. Um, so falling off in in the mud and on native trails um, local to me in Tamiro, um, it didn't hurt as much before. Obviously going to America and having rocks and hard trees and all that kind of snakes. stuff. So snakes, yeah. So um, that was obviously a fair bit of transition. I actually taught myself because I, um, I don't descend that well on the road bike either. I'm a little bit hesitant with too much speed and obviously gripping the brakes quite a bit. So I actually descended with my hands off the brakes. And then so my hesitation was to grab the brakes rather than obviously hesitation of actually just pulling the brakes. So I taught myself holding back here. So my hesitation would be to grab the brakes and then I either broke too, break too late or it was obviously bro- starting to break later and later into the corners as well. So oh, I like that yeah. strategy. That is, yeah. that is that very one, cool. Otherwise, you'd just break. be riding the brakes the whole time. What's that? Sorry? Otherwise, you'd just be riding the brakes the whole time. So you, yeah. you kind of taught yourself just to brake differently. Yeah, well, I just taught myself to brake a little bit later and just yeah, not, not as much hesitation. Because obviously, when you're learning learning a bike and going down steeper downhills you're obviously just hesitating all the time where you could yeah where you lose quite a bit of um quite a bit of speed but yeah yeah we're gonna save um, that for another podcast use a bit of that technology you seem to have in the background (laughs) yeah that's right i'm trying to well i wasn't gonna say anything actually but yeah we could use some of that Uh, do i I have to race with all those wires on my bike or no only train with it (laughs) okay yeah yeah like heart rate yeah that's exactly right yeah yeah okay well well that's that's so like obviously though the fitness like swimming swimming right so <laughs> you're already a bad swimmer do you think it's different when you get to the x terrace you're already a bad swimmer yeah so so this is this, we're not like this not, is, he's not as bad as you yeah. like, <laughs> no one's this, bad this, as me this is what we're will and i've tried to work on is in my head, I'm telling myself I'm a good swimmer, and then people like you are just putting me down like oh, you're I'm a sorry. bad swimmer. Yeah, so sorry. Like I've gone from like here down to like yeah. down to here yeah, again. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna have to talk myself back up again. A few yeah, weeks thanks, until Matt. the next race, you should be all good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, it's it's interesting because I've um, obviously been training for a fair while for triathlon now, um, and I was always of the opinion to yes, you just do more miles which would make you a better swimmer but um will and i are actually swimming less than i ever have before and swimming faster than i ever have so obviously doing yeah shorter and faster stuff 
also focusing a little bit more on technique and then um yeah a lot on on swim strength with us uh, dry land and swim bands as well so i think that's helped a little bit more and we're recovering a little bit more between sessions rather than going in fatigued and not getting 100 percent out of each session that i do as well okay so your swimming has continued to improve um oh yeah yeah okay okay that's good we talked about this a little bit on maybe like two episodes ago we talked a bit yeah about the swimming. triathlon one so yeah. like with some people if 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 you have a good technique i guess you can similar to, to running or something like once you've got a good technique you've got good purchase on the water which means you're able to apply force on the water to move yourself forward um and just by just by swimming like you'll just get better and better you'll just you know your your muscles will begin to fatigue but you're still using good technique because you have it and you'll keep putting force on the water in the a right appropriate way and you get stronger and stronger similar like if you just keep running you'll get fitter and fitter if you have good technique you won't get injured um but with Karen, that wasn't happening um he was essentially maybe starting with okay technique and then it was getting worse and so i didn't like we weren't getting any fitness we we're just getting tired like because what he needed to do in a swim in the race which is anywhere from a k to two k's um so like 20 i don't know 15 to 30 minutes um was starting well and then just reverting back to really poor technique using a whole bunch of energy and losing a bunch of time um so then we had to like look at well how can we change it and um so then you need a if you can swim fast you got to put a lot of like force on the water. There's no other way like to swim fast. Um, and you can't just coast, can you, when you're swimming? No, and like you can't, you know, like with running, we or cycling or something, we can use downhills, you know, as like um, to speed lead turnover and stuff without doing a lot of effort. You can still run quite fast. You can use tailwinds and things like that. But um, there's nothing like you're not going to swim downstream in a pool. <laughs> um, yeah so so we had to figure out like um you know how do we design it so that he can train you know how he can still improve so we started including more i guess it's a mix it's a i i really like the swim smooth method method um with the css training um so it's a lot of like i guess one and a half minutes sort of one minute to six minute interval type stuff um and then outside of the pool we focus more on his technique so that was because in the water you don't have like a point of reference like you do with running or cycling where your foot or your hand is touching something like it's it's just water it's just like this one like yeah body of water um and it's sort of be like trying to fly <laughs> you know you're just waving your arms around you can't actually feel anything um so we use paddles like um on stretch cords and so that was able, like Kieran being in the States, he could just film himself live and um, I could start yelling at him. <laughs> and uh, and then he could watch it and then I could like circle things and we could work together outside of the pool. And so inside of the pool, he was able to like get those reference points, I guess. Yeah. I know you could. Yeah, so, yeah. And also because we were also training at altitude as well, I found... Um, well, that was the other thing. You can't do those big sets. You, you go way too yeah, slow. Yeah, because you obviously fatigue a lot quicker. And um, yeah, so our sets have been between two and maybe two and a half, maybe three K. Um, our main set so that yeah, I wasn't fatiguing. It was all good quality work right the way through. So 
Yeah. Oh, that's interesting about the, the swimming at altitude thing. Do you ever go down to sea level to do like faster swim sets? Oh, yeah. I lit them up <laughs> in Miami. Yeah. yeah. We, had a, we had a big week in, big week in um, Miami. But um, other than that, it was, yeah, most winter was, um, was it at, at altitude? So. Yeah. So we had like our best ever base period, like, or last year, or Karen came back home, or came back to New Zealand. So we're in Matamata at the moment. Mm. Um, in Hobbiton. New Zealand, yeah. no in one's going to know where that is. Oh, yeah. Matamata, really? Yeah. Okay. Hobbiton. People, people, people will know. know where Hobbiton is. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're in yeah. um, Middle Earth, and um, and but and he came back last year. Had the baby, so we were, it was quite a broken. Um, I mean, Kieran didn't have the baby. <laughs> I I, Just... I delivered the baby though. Like I caught it when it fell out. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Interesting. Um, and <laughs> Andy had raced he had raced worlds so it pushed it all back but he didn't race worlds last year stayed um in in the in america and so we were able to yeah we've had our best block of of training but the main focus is just to do as much as you know get as fit as we could um so in that sense it didn't really like we we realized we did need to to have one at least a week at sea level to speed things up um uh but otherwise it's just like we just need to get really, really fit, and then we can use the start of the season, which we're using now. He had a few weeks, couple weeks in New Zealand um, before the start of the season to speed up a little bit, and now, like now, we've figured out, you know, fitness is completely fine, and and uh, yeah, now we get into into like the work, I guess. Because yeah. these these two races were just almost about blowing blowing out cobwebs for the season. Because I haven't raced since uh, September last year, so. Obviously, a lot of training's gone in that time, but um, that's been six months. Yeah, not a lot of not a lot of racing. So, yeah, I got it. I just have to say, like this whole time, I've had this image in my head when you're talking about swimming in a pool downstream. I'm just imagining Kieran like <laughs> swimming down a river while I'm fishing. You know, I do a bit of fly fishing. Yeah, yeah. And there's this, you know, annoying like dude just swimming downstream of the river. Mm. Um. Yeah, it doesn't happen every day. But, you know, maybe that's one way you could do it when you're at sea level. All right, so you guys are talking about, like, um, getting fit, and, like, um, that means doing some big blocks. How, how long are the races that you're doing? How long do they last? Um, they're anywhere from two to three, three and a half hours. So. Okay, so they're still long-ish. And, like, how long does it take for each, um, each different, like, sport, say the swim, the bike, and the run so on average? It's 15 to 30 minutes in the swim. It's uh, generally around 20 gen- minutes. Generally around 20 minutes. Uh, it's anywhere from an hour to two hours on the bike, depending on obviously distance and technicality. And then anywhere from yeah, 35 to an hour, 10 run. Okay, so there's no like um, like rule of how long each thing has to be, or is there like a set distance they have to be? Well, so... <laughs> It's up to the, the race organiser, so they generally try and stick to a 1,500-metre swim, 30k mountain bike, and a 10k run, but obviously they have a little bit of variation on that, like if it's a really technical or really hilly course, it might only be 20 or 25 kilometres, whereas if it's more flat, then they can get up to 40, and that's the same with the run as well, it can be anywhere from 8 to there was the race in Argentina on the weekend was 14 kilometers run. So. Okay. Yeah. And the, just the technicality of it, you know, like it's not a matter of being on a road, 
So um, you might have a 14K run, but then it's also like up a mountain. Yeah. Um, so they can add a couple minutes. Yeah, right. Like a flat mountain bike with no turns. Um, is gonna, <laughs> you're going to get that done really, really quickly. You yeah, really 30K, you know, you bang that out. Yeah, yeah Kieran yeah, but... could just death grip the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah but I, I guess exterior is slightly different to cross country as well where i guess race race organizers like to have it as hard as possible so they kind of just like the race in chile they just sent us up there were there was like a 10 a 15 and a 20 minute climb and they were all at yeah between 15 and 20 percent gradient so they just like slam you up these up these things where Okay. You're, in, you're glad that you have eagle. Yeah, I mean it's actually um done in Xterra, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know all about Xterra's. Um, <laughs> you just have to check out the triathlon episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so you're talking a two to three hour race. So mm-hmm. what kind of volumes of training are you doing? Like, so, uh... like in a given training week, you, like you know, like you might do like ten events a year or something like that. Um, then, and you know, like about how long each swim, bike and run is going to take then like in a given week, just an average week, what, what are you kind of doing? Uh, generally like our base building phase was probably 25 plus hours a week. Yeah. Yeah. So we're aiming for, um, four swims, um, pretty much six, six bikes and four runs. Um, so the biking has been our real target area. Um, Kieran's, uh, often posts the fastest run split, um, meaning like the fastest run over overall, um, in, in all the races. So that's more of a, a maintenance thing. Um, swimming and, and cycling are the targets. Um, swimming, we can only do so much. Like I said, like we can't rely on volume and you can't train hard all the time. Um, and then cycling, you can you can really get after it. Um, so that builds a lot of our volume. Like we've got two five-hour rides, um, you know, a couple hours just general sort of aerobic ride, some climbing, um, then like a focused ride, which will have some sort of intervals depending on whatever um, we're doing. Um, and then like just recovery rides. Yep. Yeah, cool. Like, how much would you say of time you spend mountain biking versus time you spend, like, cycling on the road? I'm interested, uh, well, you know, kind of because when I'm, you know, training mountain bikers, you know, no matter what kind of sport they do in mountain biking, even if they're doing downhill, they're going to spend quite a bit of time on the road. So I'm just yeah, interested well, how you approach that. Um, well, I only had my mountain bike over in America with this, uh, with me this winter, um, but I did... A fair bit of that mountain biking on the road anyway so i was still on the road so it's obviously not not as hard as um yeah mountain biking on trails obviously so uh i'm in the in the bases i'm guessing probably like maybe three quarters of it was on the road yeah 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 i mean if you're over in the states in the winter it's you probably the trails are pretty snowed in aren't they yeah well, actually it wasn't too bad until probably just like end of December, start of January, where the trails actually started closing more regularly. So um, until then, I could yeah get on the trails as much as I wanted. We used um we got a um since Karen was staying over state in the states um we got a a Wahoo, mm-hmm. it was a Wahoo attacks. Wahoo. Yeah. 
um, like, and so that that was good. Helps you know helps dictate training a bit easier um, and more controlled. Well, it just yeah. helps you stay in an intensity like that. You kind of need to be like if you're riding on trails, you're kind of at the mercy of the gradient mm-hmm. in terms of your intensity. You can do so. Wahoos are pretty good. Yeah, yeah. No, that they're, they're a great tool. Like you, you know, Matt. Like you've you've used them. We've we've both used them. I highly recommend them um, in terms of getting quality work done, um, especially if you're doing like specific intervals. Um, great for a coach as well. You get a lot of feedback from it. Yeah, I mean, like you literally have a computer controlling how hard you can go. Like it really doesn't get any better than that. In terms of controlling your intensity, and it's super easy yeah, for a yeah, coach. Man, like, like you just type in the workout, you build it in Training Peaks or whatever, and like it syncs right to your computer. Athlete does it. You see how it all matches up. See if yeah, and you can stuff. see the heart rate. Like you know, I I didn't just you know say do three thirty watts. Like I I told the machine to do three thirty watts, and that's what he did. And he can say, oh yeah, it was all right. Um, but I can see his heart rate's like 190, and it's like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> so, yeah, it was all right. Is that like a common, uh, like, Kieran feedback for a workout? Oh, feedback. What's, yeah, what's yeah. that? What's that? What's, um, some athletes really enjoy filling out their training diaries. Um, others just require a little bit more work. Kieran's, yeah. Kieran's not one of them. <laughs> So, um, so if you use training peaks or or a lot of like the the performance advantage online training platform actually has uh, the training calendar and if you're synced up with your garmin or your whatever strava or something it'll go green like if i say go for an hour run and you do an hour run you upload it it goes green and people are like oh that's quite nice green if you don't do it it goes red mm-hmm. um so yeah this guy is like mainly red which people hate but he's He's confident in his abilities, yeah. so... Well, you know, I, I think I'm one of those people that I think Will and I have been around each other and know each other well enough that um, I do what's asked of me and I provide feedback if, if I'm not, not liking or I'm getting sick or we need to uh, alter something in training. So I think um, our feedback prior to, to Will posting what I'm doing for training for the week, while I'm training... During the week, I'll provide feedback, more verbal rather than writing it down on training peaks. And then um, if I have any problems, I jump straight on the phone and talk to him as well. So, yeah, I'm I'm pretty old school in the fact that I don't like technology. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it's a learning curve for me. I know it automatically uploads but you, also <laughs> s- you still have to turn bluetooth on your phone yeah it's yeah one of those yeah i don't like being on my phone either so yeah 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 um yeah so we we're we're um we talk to each other all the time mm. um you know like nowadays technology it's so easy um to, to touch base yeah it um, doesn't matter where you are in the world you can just no like i just have a like a you know, alternative Denver time on my on my phone, so I know when we can when we can chat and stuff. Um, and then there's key sessions. Like I'm in con. I know, I know. On Wednesday, he's. It's actually really good him being in the states because like I'm always a day ahead. So I've ever like forgotten to catch up. I'm like, oh yeah, don't worry, it's, he hasn't done it yet. Yeah. Um. So I'll check in, but like, 
especially over the base phase, it's just a matter of I know he's getting it done. Um, it's like he's a profession; it's his job. So if he's not doing it, it's not so much on me as it is on on him. Yeah. Usually after a key session, anyway, I I'm pretty proud to just be like, yeah, I crushed that. Like said it straight away, or like, well, you're doing something wrong because I didn't crush that session. So. <laughs> So you'd upload those key sessions, but like everything else, you just kind of don't have the energy. Uh, no, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't upload the key sessions. Oh no, no, no. Uh, okay. But I'm just like I message two times. What's like everything? So I'm just yeah. like, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like no, I get a message with all the information that would be really helpful to keep in the uh in the the training log. Like like the other day when he scrolls back and he's like, oh, scroll back to when you set that tr- when I was doing that really really good training at the beginning of last year. Oh, I didn't fill it in. <laughs> nice. It's in it's in my diary though. Yeah, okay. So I, 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 I write down I write down oh, dear yeah. diary. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, there you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. I, one of the things that always interests me is that like um so like you guys have been working together for a few years and like uh Kieran, when you came to Will for like um some like I guess more formal kind of coaching, you were already pretty good. But uh, right? Like you had done really well at some races and then you guys came together and like you have to trust him right to kind of give you and help you design what you need and you don't upload your workouts so will also has to trust you that you're doing it so like in the short space of time like kieran came he's pretty good came to will they built this level of trust between each other that they can kind of take things to the next level um yeah, that well, it's it's pretty lot. good because I th- I think we started off with a pretty good friendship to start off with, so I think that's helped gel us as a um a athlete and coach. I know um with some athletes coming to to coaches and it'll take six or twelve months to to gel as people and find out what what makes them tick and what doesn't make them tick. So I guess because I'd been constantly in contact with Will uh, over the course of my triathlon career, so. He kind of already knew what made me tick and what what wasn't working and what was. So um, it was just yeah a, a matter of um, just putting him in my coach's box. Pretty <laughs> when I fill in that that part. Um, so you're yeah. like, are we coach athlete or is it kind of one of those things? <laughs> well, it says on Training Peaks performance advantage <laughs> okay. in the top corner. So yeah, so yeah, um, yeah. That's when you know. When your training takes <laughs> is linked. That's when you know. <laughs> so, Will, what about the trust um, that you have, you know, with Kieran that you like, he doesn't upload a workout, but you know that he's getting it done? Yeah, I don't, um, I guess, so, like, I have, a, I have a certain training methodology and philosophy, um, like, I guess, the performance advantage, like, system. Um, that I'll they'll put people into, and Kieran already knew that system, and he'd been sort of through it um, when when I um, helped train him up to the the world champs, um, which he won, um, and he realised the benefits of like that base and easy training, um, sort of polarised approach. Uh, so I knew he was doing that. It didn't, um, you know, I could get it. He doesn't. He does upload like sometimes. Uh, and especially like the the kicker especially does it for him um so that was more i could just reference you know where where what zones he was training in um but for the most part he was doing 
he was going easy. He, when he was just training, he was doing it properly. And then when he was going hard, he was doing it properly. Um, whereas like new athletes that come in that have you know been through different training systems or philosophies, often it requires quite a bit of context. Like they, if they're not trusting me to to say like you know slow down or that's too hard or not hard enough and that's because you're training you know or the total volume you can't handle this yet um that requires a lot more it needs to be uploaded because i'm just looking at they they might not have ever used heart rate before um and and it shows and so there's a lot that goes on there but with kieran it was we had trained together quite a bit as well so i knew i, I knew he was doing it right um so then, and our relationship sort of built as well. Like initially it was a lot about the training. Um, now we've, we've got points, we've got prize money, we've got um, family, we've got altitude. Like there's so many things now we're trying to incorporate into a training plan um, that goes far beyond like, what are you doing Monday through Sunday? Yeah. And that's when like you kind of can take it to that next level when like, it's like almost like a whole team kind of working together um, that takes all these little things going on in the background to kind of get to that level. Yeah, like he went and, um, you know, got his bike fit and uh, sent me some of the photos from that. And so it da- it, you start to incorporate different um, different levels. Um, we brought in um, Alex Roberts, um, it's who's now like, a, who was already training with Karen, but now he's in the Performance Advantage um, team. So we're able to build those two together, um, you know, and so as a team, we're starting to, to build. Um, and also like you, um, whether Kieran speaks directly with you or not, like I'm conversing with you in terms of the mountain biking stuff. So, um, and, you know, um, Steve Stannard and my wife, who also has a PhD and uh, was a professional cyclist, like um, our team grows and, and to the point where, yeah, it, it does. There's a lot of contributing factors and there's still more to come. Like my goal when Karen was, um, we started working together was like, I can change, we can change the sport. Like it's not, it's not anywhere near where it can be yet. And um, showing how he's just continued to improve um, is, is a testament to like what we're going to be able to do in the sport over the next five years. Like Karen's 26. So uh, getting old. yeah you are you old man (laughs) so like if you're travel like you have a set training like system that you work on with will and like you know it works and like at the same time you're traveling around to these events and like you're seeing lots of different people on the scene um is, is there any kind of thing that you see like that other athletes are doing that you're like if only they knew what I know kind of thing, you know, <laughs> yeah, like well, any well, kind I of pitfalls. Fi- yeah. I find like a lot of people are just doing that. They think that to get faster, you have to go fast all the time. And so, yeah, when obviously Alex Roberts came on with us at performance advantage, he was an example of, he wanted to go fast all the time. And that's, that's kind of why I like to step away from, training groups sometimes like you go on a long easy five hour ride and you're with a bunch of testosterone full teenagers who want to 
go a little bit faster up each climb and race each other to the top. So I like to step away from that. And yeah, Alex is now trains with me quite often. He's over in Colorado with me six months of the year and we gelled really well together because it's, yeah, we don't like to, am I allowed to say dick measure on here? Yeah. <laughs> no, we'll we edit that out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, live, it's, so. yeah it's not not testosterone fold which is um yeah which is really good and we can we can also have those sessions where we do like battle each other and we're fighting to the death and we take we take that through to obviously smaller races that i do as well where we can yeah really push each other and and stuff like that but it's also stepping being able to step back and other training sessions where you're supposed to be going easy or supposed to be doing aerobic um stuff where yeah a lot of people i just just they don't see that you can go easier to get fitter to then be able to go faster in the future yeah if only you could tell them but at the same time maybe you don't want to tell them right because like uh then they'll do it and then they'll get faster maybe they'll be knocking on your heels or something yeah so, so we're gonna e- we're gonna edit that just out. edit everything <laughs> out. Like, maybe we won't even broadcast this at all. We'll just delete it. So, hopefully, someone doesn't download it in the meantime. Yeah. Well, it's it's not on training peaks. So. Yeah. <laughs> so so with your mountain biking, um, how how have you like um how do you approach how do you mm. approach that? I because you know, um. I don't know. I'm just, I just, I see it as like, when I think about triathletes, I think about people that can't handle their bikes. Right. (laughs) So that's what I think. That's the first thing that comes in. And that's on the road. Okay. So is, is it better in the, in the Xterra scene? Well, it's like, as I said before, a lot of Xterra is climbing to the top of a mountain and then like a little bit of descending. So when it comes to more and more technical trails, a lot of them are very, very hopeless at, at descending. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I guess it's how, how you train as well. I, I enjoy going fast down a technical trail and living life on the edge, I guess. So, um, it's got the bruises. To I've, yeah, I've got a few scars up from pre pre riding. So thought I could send it down the bank, but it turns out I couldn't. Um, <laughs> so are you like one of the faster racers down the hill? technical ability i'd say i'm one of the better athletes but um obviously a lot of our riding isn't that technical it's climbing it's pushing pushing power pushing watts to the top of a mountain so yeah sure um so i think that's what what we've had to transition to in training as well um that it's not always about yeah being a good mountain biker per se it's about yeah about being able to climb climb a hill really fast most yeah. of the time yeah Def- that's where the races are won is on the uphills because even if you like you dis- you climb and you descend the exact mm-hmm. same amount because you start and finish in the same area but like uh, the climbs not... just take longer don't they uh well not always we sometimes have a point to point race where we'll pretty much continually go up the mountain yeah <laughs> so, so is... you don't have to bike downhill at all uh, there'll be like, I oh, guess the, Utah, right? Yeah, I guess yeah. The race at Utah is like a we do a thirty minute steady climb, then five minute descent, thirty minute steady climb, and then a five minute descent, and then we're in transition, which just like goes from like here to here. 
and then the run we climb for the first 7k and then descend like three kilometers to the finish so it's yeah okay so that was made by triathletes for sure that race (laughs) yeah well it's actually pretty interesting because a lot of um a lot of a lot of the races are made for road triathletes because we're obviously such a niche market that there obviously isn't a lot of really good mountain bikers that do it because they can't swim like yourself yeah (laughs) so they they need to cater it to the road triathletes so if they had a whole lot of technical downhills there'd be yeah not as many people able to do it because they don't enjoy it whereas i would like to see them in future changing the sport to going something like a a multi-lap like uci xeo type race course where it's multi-lap there's smaller together so it's obviously more for the audience rather than um right to the top of a mountain yeah Ah, okay that would be so like it's usually just a one lap kind of thing then yeah it's usually like a big one big 30k lap yeah okay okay that's like old school mountain biking so i'm sure it'll kind of catch up with the multi-lap format um yeah well i think for the first time at european champs this year they're having a um a big single lap european champs and then the following day they're doing a um a shorter sort of like super league type format where it's like a uh 300 300 meter swim with multiple laps it's a um yeah sort of xeo short course type mountain bike course with more technical stuff and then a shorter run as well so I guess that they're trying to bring more crowd in to then obviously bring more funding in to support the races as well. Yeah, yeah, like I guess endurance sports are notorious for, like, it's like lots of people love to do it, but then you really need to bring it to the people, and that's sometimes the hardest part. Yeah, well, you, you don't see many people out at the turnaround and um, in Ironman, do you? Uh, uh, like for Ironman World Champs, no one goes to watch the turnaround on the on the bike at 90Ks, it's everyone's in town where all the action is happening. So, yeah, the, the, the more and more they bring it in, the more people that will, will come to see it, I guess. Yeah, and, you know, the more people that come to see it, the more competitors you have, and it just kind of can spiral Imagine out that. of control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, like, being the man on the scene, pretty much, right? You know, <laughs> Karen McPherson. Um do you have do you ever like offer any input into like how they like how these races might go in the future you know like uh, is this is this where i'm allowed to say no comment <laughs> <laughs> we just we've just been uh talking yeah just talking with xterra xterra mm-hmm. the, the whoever the, okay, so um, maybe that's about about <laughs> some of this some of the stuff but you comment like yeah you you can right you are trying yeah. Yeah, we're trying to, um, yeah, trying to make more of a level playing field for, for everyone involved, I guess, yeah. Level playing field, what, what does that mean to you? Um, every, everyone know the circuit and everyone complete the circuit to the best of their ability. So, like, everyone know the lap? Is that what you mean, or not? What do you yes. mean circuit? Yeah, so just like course marking sometimes because it's like literally they'll just cut a track. Mm, out um, in the middle of nowhere. Out, out okay. in the middle of nowhere. Or like, you know, go off into the forest and then come back on and stuff. And sometimes that's not, um, you know, 
done in the most professional means and people can get lost. And like for these guys, it's their livelihood. Like literally, like it can be, you know, if someone took a wrong turn, unknowingly or knowingly, um, and... Uh, it could be the difference between first and second. Yeah, yeah, it could be like a few thousand dollars. So um, if that's that, yeah, there's just that aspect of it, I <laughs> okay, guess. Yeah, that's pretty important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you guys don't get to practice these things the day, like, will you do the, like, because, like, you got a lot to do. You can't just go run the run, like, the day before, or, like, ride the whole mountain bike. So we get over the, we, Xterra puts it on us to know the circuit before we compete on the circuit so that's no different to that's no different any other race any other race like you got to know where you're going it's on you yes but some of the course maps or the pre-marking of the course isn't adequate until actual race day so whether we know 100 percent of yeah because if you get a google map with a pencil drawn on it um yeah yeah versus following like a gps coordinate file um yeah you obviously can go difference by meters i guess yeah yeah which could one could send you down into a hole and the other one could send you onto the uh run early yes so uh, yeah i see i see what you're saying is so is that typically what you'll try and do like before the races you'll do the whole mountain bike circuit you'll do the whole run you'll do the whole swim yeah so i'll we try and get there um, earlier in the week, obviously, with the Saturday or Sunday Sunday um, event. We'll try and do earlier, Monday, Tuesday, sometimes Wednesday, um, sort of aerobic. And it's more about finding out where the course is and we'll be doing longer, longer sessions. Where, as we'd do later in the week, it'd be more sharpening type speed stuff and we, we can either do that on some of the technical aspects of the course where we would like to see again or um yeah just yeah, do it as we see fit on a more technical course i'd like to see obviously some aspects of it a lot more than others but um yeah generally the courses are are similar from year to year so this is my third year on the circuit so they change they okay the the courses do occasionally change where they've obviously cut new tracks in and um, stuff like that. So, or they've had typhoons or tsunamis go through and they have to cut a complete new track. So um, they do do change year to year or they add bits in and take other bits off. So um, we see the new bits and then a lot of it's on you to pretty much know the rest. So generally what you're saying is that you know where the shortcuts are. (laughs) having been a a veteran on the circuit that's good that's Uh, good to know no i do know where the i do know where the shortcuts are but i complete the course too yeah yeah that's good that's good that's what you want yeah Yeah. sweet uh i really yeah i don't know much about xterra at all so it's actually quite cool to kind of get you know your point of view because you know, I think, you know, even though, like, cross-country mountain biking, like, the laps are really short, like, a lot of um, the racers that I work with, they want to get there super early and, like, lap the track over and over and over and over. Um, sometimes I don't think it's super necessary because they're already, like, they're not overly technical and, like, the races are pretty much won on the uphills when you're racing in, an, in like, a format like that. 
Um, it sounds like you don't get to out on the lap too many times uh, no. either. No, it's more about it's it's lit like it's a little bit knowing where you're going, knowing more about you. yeah, and just knowing how it's broken up, you know. So like, like where you can you, push it. Yeah, 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 like when it's um the other Argentina, like how hot was it there? Oh, yeah, 30 odd degrees. Yeah, so when, you know, we had, uh, this is the probably longest race on the circuit, you know, and uh, so how long was the ride? Maybe two hours? No, not quite. Hour no, 40? An hour and a half, I think. Yeah. Hour and a half ride, and you got a 14k run. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, like, okay, I can't, you can't ream yourself and back yourself to run like a 30 minute run. It's going to be an hour sort of run off, off the bike. Um, so it's it's hard. It's, yeah, it's a bit different. Like we have so much to fit into a, a taper week, a week leading into the race with the, the swimming, trying to get down to the water or the pool or trying to find or whereas, you know, your mountain bikers, what are you doing for the rest of the day? Like, especially when everyone's saying, you, have you lapped the course? Like, yeah, yeah, I've done it. Oh, what are you going to do tomorrow? I'm like, oh, lap the course. <laughs> You're like, what are we going to do tomorrow? Oh, well, we've got to do, um, you know, this and this and this. And we've got to do just our run tomorrow and then go to briefing and then do this swim course for yeah. And so, then, then upload our files. <laughs> no, done. we don't do that. Yeah. And then obviously with, like, different, obviously we deal with a lot different conditions as well. Like, it could be blowing, which affects you, obviously, on the bike, and then a choppier swim. There could be currents in the swim. There could there's just yeah so many different factors that you obviously have to take into consideration that all affect each uh, discipline differently as well. Yeah. So do you think like, you know, um, within each event, do you think your pacing strategies kind of uh, change based on like the like the different profiles? Like because in an like in a normal triathlon, like you know how fast you can swim, so you're gonna swim to that pace. You know how many watts you can hold on the bike. You're going to hold that throughout the whole bike. But, you know, in when you're doing off-road stuff, like you, the intensity is dictated by the terrain in both the bike and the run. So, like, are you changing your pacing strategy throughout? Um, yeah, well, it's, it's changed based on terrain, but it's also tra- uh, changed based on the competitors around you as well. Um, obviously, in the past, I was a weaker swimmer, so... You're playing catch up, right? But it's like starting in an XEO race, a minute behind everyone. Like you're obviously at a disadvantage already. So you've got to put find where you can put time into people, and um, for, you you may know people as stronger climbers or stronger descenders. So um, it's about putting time into different athletes based on your strengths as well. And then obviously, um, as Will said before, I'm one of the stronger runners on the circuit as well. So. It's about knowing how much time you need to close in to be able to run run the leaders down if necessary as well. Yeah. Also, like Karen's now at the front of the race, um, and like sometimes like at at the very head of the race. So there's going to be yeah. There's also that aspect of it. Like if someone's going up the road or up the mountain, you sometimes that's just where you got to go. Mm-hmm. You got you got to be there. Yeah. Um, um, because that can make a make a big difference just pacing wise and things like that yeah i yeah i totally agree with that i think like racing for like a really good performance when you're you know outside the podium i think your strategy is going to be totally different than if you're racing for the win like because mm-hmm. when you're racing for the win like yes you need to kind of pace and you can't do anything silly but like like if you you can't 
race to not lose kind of thing. You need to <laughs> race to, to win, and your pacing strategy has to be reflected in that. Yeah, well, that's also what I, I like, too, is, um, is I like to dictate the race. I don't like to be dictated to as well. So in dictating the race, you obviously have to be always on the attack as well. So that's just yeah, obviously what you deal deal with. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you find it funny with my accent? No, just dictating. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a word, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, so you have your own kind of... Um, way that you like to approach it yeah yeah well um yeah I, I like to be the calmest one on the start line at at the start of the race that's always my goal and then um yeah obviously each discipline change like you obviously have a general overall race plan but um obviously you can have a poor swim which would completely change your your bike strategy or you could have a really good swim which can completely change your bike strategy as well and it depends the if you're in a group or you're by yourself or um yeah so it's it's about being able to change on the spot as well yeah. yeah so do you guys so will do you guys talk about these kind of different maybe things that you can change before the races happen um how do you mean so like will you t kind of t look at the course profile and like take karen's feedback based on what the tracks are like and what the you know maybe who's there will you kind of talk about like the different strategies that you might have in the race um sort of like we like if you want to win um we like we train to go hard start to finish um a lot of the times like you're going to be like um however whatever scientific belief you have around like um external factors influencing your pacing strategies like you're not going to sprint when it's 40 degrees. Like you'll, you'll, you'll consciously or subconsciously slow yourself down. Um, you know when you're getting too hot. But otherwise, like, Kieran runs through the course, how it's all set up, and I just reference, reiterate, like, he's the one who has to do the race. It's really hard to, because you've got to get to the front. That's, that's our goal. So if you can't, uh, you know, um, I just sort of say, like, look, that climb is the decisive climb. Like he might know it, but I'm re reiterating it. Like, don't worry if you're a minute down before that climb, because that could blow out. If you've tried to break, get that gap up, that could be three minutes at the top. Um, you know, light it up at that front. That front smooth part of road is your bread and butter. You can get thirty seconds there off of these guys who don't have that leg speed. Um, yeah, we talked through that, but like he knows it, and in the race, it my comments mean nothing you know it's it's not an iron man you can't or a marathon we can just look at your watch or your garmin or whatever and go oh whoops a little bit hard oh well i'll pull it back um because it's not a flat road it's not it's i'm not there either so um yeah we talk through it but nothing like um once once we're once we're fully in control maybe we'll talk a little more bit more but you you feel it, you know, like, you know, when someone's breaking and I'm not going to say, I'll oh, wait till kilometer eight and, and then surge on the run. Like it's like at five Ks, he's like, yeah, no, I've got it. I've got mm. it. I'm, I need to go now. Mm. Um, and it's, it's a, a little bit of a learning curve as well. Cause sometimes you'll, if you're chasing, you're like, Oh, well, I'm just gonna, I'm going to go max out. And then if I blow up, I blow up. So it's like, the races on the weekend um 
that I just raced that I was two minutes down off the bike. So I was like, I have to, I got off the bike with another athlete. And as well, I said, said to myself, you go for the win. And if you blow up, worst case scenario, you get third or fourth. But best case scenario, you get the win as well. So pacing, I guess, kind of went out the window because I kind of just went all in for the win and obviously ended up with second. But um, yeah, sometimes pacing just, just does, doesn't work, eh? Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, so, like, you get to a lot of races around the world. What's your strategy when you're, like, traveling so much? And, like, you're in different countries. Like, one day you might have burritos. The next day you might have sushi, you know? And, like, how are you making sure you stay, like, fit and healthy and, like, like your gut stays happy and you get enough sleep? Yeah, well, I guess being, like, Kiwis, we just kind of just go with the... Like, I know a lot of people, when they travel, they're just stressed out of their mind. Like, my wife's American, and I've traveled with her before, and, like, if she, <laughs> if she doesn't get a meal at certain times, she, like, she'll stress out, so I have to bring snacks with her so I can feed her <laughs> along the way. Um, <laughs> but, it, yeah, so we just kind of just go with the flow, like... Um, the, probably the biggest thing we watch out for is obviously we're always drinking bottled bottled water and um and then i guess next is probably vegetables but everything else i think is pretty pretty okay like i don't i don't take really i don't take supplements so i don't have to worry about anything anything else Any, anything that i really really need is um i'll bring with me but um yeah i try have um for my breakfasts, I try and make sure that it's uh, available worldwide. So I have generally have oatmeal, um, oatmeal and either fruit or bananas uh, for for pre race. Thought you were going to say so wheat bix. No, nah. <laughs> well, wheat bix isn't readily available <laughs> throughout the world, whereas oatmeal is. So um, that's yeah, I kind of stick with foods that yeah I, I know are safe and yeah, just go from there. I guess yeah. Yeah. So it's, is it always the same kind of breakfast that you're going to have? Like every day in training, every race? and. Yeah, well, um, I like, I like uh, I guess, a, a schedule, a set schedule. So I, I'd quite happily eat, eat oatmeal to the day I died. Um, <laughs> every meal? Every, every meal, yeah. You can also, no. like, get to a certain point where, like, if you really need fuel on, on a long ride, you can put your oatmeal in a blender and kind of, really smash it down into a fine powder and then mix it with your water in your drink bottles. Yeah. And okay. uh, that's I'll, a good way I'll to take, get an extra oatmeal. I'll, t- I'll take note of that. Yeah. So. <laughs> you guys should probably try that. Racing strategy. Yeah. 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 I'll yeah. put some double, double-sided double tape on my top tube and just lick, lick the oatmeal off, I guess. That is not a bad idea. Yeah. Mm. So, like, Will and I talk about... I think we did an episode on fasted training. That was maybe two episodes ago. That's just last week. Was yeah. it last week? Well, yeah. there we go. Like episode on Thursday. Six. Yeah, so six days ago for us. Okay, that shows my memory. Do you do much in the way of training fasted? Um, I like food in my belly before. I, I so go. Kieran's um like, he's one of those guys or people who you're like, how are you still not fat? Mm. You know. Um. So I'm just trying to reference like there's a very crude reference of like a, a the way his metabolism works. Mm-hmm. So diet um or trying to lose weight or cut weight is 
it's almost like a non-factor for us. It's just a matter of making sure he eats enough and it's good quality food. And if we do need to lean down, it's like just stop eating crap food. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and that's all that's all it is. Um, so you know, for other athletes, it's going to be quite a big factor. Um, for me, it is. Uh, if I if I'm trying to lose weight, like I got to really concentrate on it. Otherwise, it can sort of get out of control. But for Karen, it's like, yeah, we don't need to worry about um anything and like he doesn't rely on sports strength so he can do four hour rides without any food and stuff like that mm-hmm. um yeah so metabolic efficiency was already at a premium um my rate to fit so carbohydrate burning was pretty good last time we tested as well yeah yeah when we tested in the lab like just everything you could all the boxes were already ticked and what he is doing so didn't require as much um and that like reference like reflects the training he's been doing his whole life whereas that that aerobic arthur lydiard style base miles training yeah and we kind of talked about this uh before where you know like fit athletes are already good at using fat as fuel and they already spare carbohydrates so maybe like um you know if he likes to eat a a bunch of wheat picks for breakfast uh, with some snickers on top or something like that (laughs) then you know go for a four-hour ride with no food that's all good yeah the other thing is um you know, when you're training 25 and up to 30 hours, or that one time, was it 40-something? 45, yeah. 45 hours in our big big block. Um, you Like, if you're eating low-carb and you're exercising 30 hours a week, that's still a fair whack of carbs um, to be, to be cons- and can still be considered low-carb. Um, like, I've been able to eat over 100 grams um and still be in ketosis during large volumes of training which is like you know i don't know the people who marked no i won't say that but uh yeah you know like so you can eat a lot when you're training a lot yeah it's it's a lot different and this is people often make this mistake of trying to reference themselves against like what the pros are doing you know they might be training 10 hours a week and they're like oh i'm only doing you know one hard session a week and they're doing this many and kind of thing but as a percentage it's maybe still that 80 20 split like 80 percent aerobic 20 percent hard um but it's just because they're training like 14 times a week um more that it becomes like three sessions but still as a bulk of the session it's yeah anyway yeah so is, <laughs> is that how many sessions do you think you'd be doing a week karen like 14 different sessions yeah. probably more probably, probably more yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, a few, there's a few three a days, um, and then I think there's only one, one a day, so it would be... But, but then we'd still do, um, probably stretch cords that day as well, so Yeah, stretch cords or some yeah. yoga or We don't really, something. we don't yeah, include yoga or stretch cords into our 25, 30 hours a week, um, because I don't put it on training peaks. You don't put anything on training peaks. <laughs> but, uh, so what, I mean, I don't want to give away too much of the uh, performance advantage intellectual property or anything like that, but would you be able to like briefly like go through like what you might do in a typical training week? I thought I did. No. No, <laughs> don't want to give it away. It's, um, so what do we, uh, what do you say for, for swims? Yeah. So like I'm talking like Monday, do you wake up and go to yoga and then like dance class and then swim later, or like um, do you have bully off or you know? Uh, Well, like like, little. So you had 
Yeah, because the pins win child carers now. Yeah, because um, so obviously with a daughter, um, I have to babysit a few days during the week. So um, it gets yeah. pretty complex. Like I need to, like we got that system right. So we got about four runs, maybe five. Um, four swims, three hard, um, one easy, like technique base. We've been working on stroke rate for that. Um, and so we've got that one and we've got two, like one's longer. Um, maybe we'll go up to kilometer set, like, um, kilometer and like 600, 800 kilometer intervals. The other two, um, are more that 150 meters up to 200 meters. Um, but then I've got to look at like, you know, what is the day previous? What's the day after? How's the recovery? Um, then we've got, yeah, the two long rides are just long rides, you know. Um, and sometimes we'll follow those with the runoff. Um, that's a good way to run under a lot of fatigue um, but not have to run a lot. Um, so, you know, running up for 30 minutes after a five-hour ride's pretty hard. Um well, I think that's that was one of our key sessions for the year. Is what we focused on was doing a um, yeah, three, four, or five hour ride with that with that hard. But what was build 15, 15 kilometer run and then one you know, k max at the end. And I think that probably that was our key session that we did weekly that I guess set up my season. I guess. Yeah. So what we because we can't um, not can't, but in order to get Karen to run enough to get him like fitter. Um, you know, to induce like that enough stimulus, we'd have to run probably around 80 Ks a week. Um, and then on top of the sort of 20, 15 to 20 hours of cycling he's doing um, in some weeks, like, and the swimming, it's too much. It's just like, you, just, you start running out of hours in the day. Um, so what we can do is utilize the bike as like a pre-fatigue. Then I can um, do like a hard session off the bike which isn't necessarily like people might think it's like all about doing it off the bike because you like the guys on training camp thought you like training for Ironman. Mm, I did like th- three 5k tempo efforts off the bike and they, uh, after like a yeah, four hour bike and they thought I was mad. Um, but Most it's people more, would think that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's deeper than that. Mm. Like um, the reason for doing it is more, is more about how do we train? Like he's running tired in a race. And we can't just run all the time. How do we get? How do we get there? Um, yeah, it's like like the or the faster training episode. We really talked about training suboptimally, um, and so in order to get Karen in a suboptimal running state, because he's so efficient and so well trained, um, without being able to do that with just running, we're able to utilize the bike for that. Um, yeah. Then then what else? Then like the rest of it is really just how much training can we fit in and um unlike a lot of athletes it's more for kieran than what i think he goes oh it's not enough it's not enough (laughs) and i'm always like you know everyone says that um but he yeah when he's on i can pretty much give him whatever training i want and he'll absorb it yeah, we, we kind of, that was almost like a test of what we did in Florida after you know, coming down to sea level. We're like, oh, how much training can we do in a week? And we got up to 45 hours, and I was like, I was like oh, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he didn't have the baby, and <laughs> yeah, didn't have baby. he had staying with a dude who's taking care of him. and Just um, eat more oatmeal, and you're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so, so, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Sorry, to, we don't have a. 
you know, I can't just give you a week. Like, it's, it's my bloody job. Well, <laughs> it mean, takes me, like, hours to figure this stuff out. I think, you know, <laughs> that's kind of... Like, no one could just take what you say anyway and just apply it to themselves because pretty much what you're saying to us is that it kind of depends, right? Yeah, like, so the, the main thing is the majority of it's easy. And um, it's how much easy training. And then on top of the easy training, I look at it and we do these um, performance tests, uh, you know, like a, a 20 minute, um, you know, FTP test, the swimming test, and um, or like a specific kind of, you know, five by one Ks or something like that. And we can easily see, oh, look, that you're really lacking in speed. Um, and not so much that you need speed in the base phase, but you've you've lost too much on from where you were that we do need to incorporate a bit of neuromuscular recruitment um anaerobic capacity it's like yeah whatever we'll sort that out later um and so and oh maybe you're losing too much strength because you're getting too tired and you're training too easy um so we need to send you up some hills and shorten the distance a little bit <laughs> hey boys hey uh oh, I'll leave you first. <laughs> Karen's dad. Oh, hey, dad. But yeah. But yeah, I think we found like during aerobic phase anyway, like I didn't really, I didn't really need any fast stuff because I was running faster than I ever had after a strong aerobic base anyway. So. And that's like, and Matt, we've talked about this, like the sports when we're like, because it races from two hours, three and a half hours. That's not fast. You know, like a, a 200 meter track sprint is fast. 800 meters, you need to be really fast. When you start exercising for two hours, it's kind of hard to call that fast. No, it feels hard. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, but it's not necessarily fast. Yeah. Um, so you just have a look at whatever speed or power output or, you know, the, that whatever endurance sport you're doing, just have a look at your output, what, however you want to measure it your average for whatever race you're doing and just go do that for like five minutes you probably just cruise it you know um so so cool now you're fast enough so now it's like okay can you go faster than that probably yeah for five minutes you could easily go faster than what you could go for two hours all right so now that's not a limiting factor a limiting factor is you can't hold it for two hours so that's what we work on yeah yeah there you go that's not the so much what's going to speed you up it's what's going to slow you down yeah that's yeah. the big secrets and, out. Yeah, we just try and eliminate what's slowing him down. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Very good. All right, Kieran, favorite session? Favorite uh, training it's session? It's probably that session that we just described okay. before. Is the um, yeah, the longer, longer bike either with um, yeah, depending on how how big the hills are around. Um, generally tempo, tempo anywhere between ten and thirty minute um, efforts on the bike. Uh, for yeah, three to four hours, and then come off with a with a hard hard run. Um, we this winter we did uh three by twenty minute builds, um, off the bike, and then finished with a one k max. So, um, yeah, I just love herding. <laughs> it's good fun. That's why you're in the sport. You're in the right sport then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. What's your favorite race venue? Favorite race venue? Um, oh, 
race venue because of the course or race venue because of the actual venue itself because a lot of um a lot of the races at xterra are destination races where they wouldn't technically have mountain bike courses which is why a lot of it's just climbing up to the top of a mountain and down a goat track um so there's a lot of cool events that are on on really cool locations because it's just a cool location um but then there's also ones that are really good because just answer the question probably (laughs) faster just answer both questions uh so dominican republic is probably cool for for a location and probably victoria for for course conditions victoria bc very cool all right any chance we'll ever see you in some cross-country mountain biking Uh, we did a little bit up in laramie yeah at at eight thousand eight thousand five hundred feet so it's pretty fun our um our goal is to to be the world's best exterior athlete and dominate the circuit um win world champs once we sort of achieve that goal then we'll start to look at you know half ironmans maybe ironman um cross country mountain bike like you know um kieran's 26 so we've got plenty of time to try and tick other boxes if we need to cool so there's so you're saying there's a chance there's a chance (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right (laughs) very good all right that'll about do us i think matt it's been quite a long one an hour and a half yeah Yeah. (laughs) all right cool guys all right catch you later matt see you later dude